Hey, this is Cooper Smith. I'm one of the student worship pastors at Eastview, and I'm honored to welcome you to our Eastview Students High School podcast. We hope this is encouraging, inspiring, and helpful for you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy the message. All right, week two of All In. Raise your hand if you were here with us week one. Ah, welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Glad to be with you as we start week two. How many of you guys uh, were back in small groups this past week, first week, first week back? How was it? Did it go okay? All right. Awesome. Did you talk a little bit about All In and stuff at your small group? Okay. Well, this, this week, make sure you do. If, you're, if your leader forgets, all right, remind them, hey, we need to talk about All In, okay? Because every week, we're going to be touching on a piece of that, all right? So, Last week we started All In, which is our all-church move, starting this Love McLean County vision, and we started last week with our where, right? We're talking about where. Where are the places that God might be calling you guys, you specifically, to be a witness and to love those around you, okay? So where is your where? And I hope you took time this past week to think about those places, those places that God may have uniquely put you to be a witness to those around you, okay? And here's my encouragement for you that I didn't quite get to last week, but I want to make sure I touch on this week as you guys are processing your where and when it comes to stepping into those places, okay? Um, here's, here's a piece of advice for you, a piece of encouragement. Before you guys step foot into that place, all right, your where, all right, before you step into that place that's on your Dangerous Witness 3 card, that little card, before you step in there, I just want you to say this quick breath prayer, okay? If you need to write this down, write it down. If not, just remember this. This might be really helpful. Before you walk into that place, I just want you, just to yourself, say, God, if you want to use me here today, I'm ready. That's it. Okay, when you step into your where, if that's your school, if that's your home, if that's your job, if that's the park you always go to, if that's the coffee shop you always go to, before you step foot in that place, I just want you to say to God, God, if you want to use me here today, I'm ready. All right, and then just see what God is going to do with that, okay? So today, we're going to go from talking about where, we're going to be talking about our who, Okay, we're going to be talking about our who. Who are the people God might be calling you to witness to and to intentionally love? So if you guys have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16. And real quick, I just want to make a comment about this. It it encourages my heart to look out into the crowd and see you guys opening up your Bibles. I just think that's awesome. I think it's great that you guys are bringing your Bibles and you're opening up and you're following along in Scripture. And I want to encourage you guys to keep doing that, to bring your Bibles every week and to open up the Word of God, okay? So here's the thing. As we think about our who, we're going to look at what has been the mission of the church ever since Jesus left to go back into heaven and a promise to come back. The mission of the church has stayed the same from that point on, and it's something called the Great Commission, The Great Commission. This is something you guys have probably heard a lot about. You've heard this phrase before if you've grown up in church or you've been around church for a little while now. The Great Commission is why a lot of you and myself are followers of Jesus today. Is because of this mission, because of this thing that Jesus said to his disciples, because this good news was shared by these 11 disciples to someone who would then go on to share it to someone else 
all the way down the road 2,000 years later that Jesus would tell these disciples, hey, I want you to go share this news. They would go and share it. Then the people they shared it to would go and share it all the way down to now where we're at today. This news has been passed on from generation to generation. And here's the thing, guys. Without this mission, without the disciples saying yes to going and carrying this out, to saying, yes, I'm going to share this news about Jesus, without this, then you and I would have not heard about the good news of Jesus which is kind of humbling to think about. The fact that these disciples heard Jesus say, go and share this gospel, go and share about myself. The fact that they did that means you and I get to know about him. And it's humbling to think about because it's, it's really convicting. Because I think about this and I'm like, man, if the disciples just decided in that moment, uh, it's too dangerous or uh, I'm, uh, it's too embarrassing, I don't want to share about this stuff or I'm just going to keep this to myself, I'm going to let other people do what they want, I'm going to do what I want. It's humbling to think about that I might not know about Jesus today if they chose to do that. And it's also convicting because that means this mission, sharing the good news of Jesus, cannot stop with us. It cannot stop here in this generation, this high school ministry, this room, saying, I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm going to let other people believe what they want to believe, do what they want to do. I'm not going to tell about the good news of Jesus. Right? This mission, this, this message has to keep being shared. So in light of this, I want to read through the lens of also those that are called to this mission. It's not the, just the disciples here. It's also us that are called to go and share the good news of Jesus. So Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." Let me pray for us this morning. God, would you um, just move mightily in this place this morning as we pursue this great commission, this calling to go and make disciples. God, I, I know there's a lot of feelings out in the room today about what that looks like in our lives. And so, God, would you bring clarity today? Would you bring encouragement? Would you bring boldness? That God... We can't stay silent about this. We can't keep this message to ourselves because this is the good news and it's true. And so God, give us the strength today to walk out of here different and willing to share this good news with others. And God, I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Okay, so Jesus gets to this moment with the disciples and right before this, Jesus has just risen from the dead. Okay, these guys, these disciples have come to know this guy, Jesus, so deeply. This guy they've come to know so deeply for the past three years. They've been spending every single day with this guy, this Jesus. They watched Jesus die, and now Jesus is standing right in front of them. They spent three years with this guy. They watched him die, and now he's standing right in front of them. But it shouldn't really come as much of a surprise to them because For those three years, Jesus had been telling them over and over, hey guys, I'm going to die. Just a fair warning, I'm I'm going to die. I'm going to die, but don't worry, I'm going to raise from the dead three days later. Jesus told them this over and over, but even after it happened, 
Even after Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do, even after Jesus is standing right in front of them, he's still getting mixed reactions. The disciples are looking at him and they're worshiping him, but some of them are still like, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know if this is really you. I don't know what's going on here. I, I'm not really sure you died or I'm not really sure you're alive. What's going Like they're still doubting this guy. And it encouraged me this week and encouraged my heart. And I hope it's encouraging to you that we look at this and even the disciples doubted. Even the disciples who spent three years watching Jesus do miracle after miracle after miracle doubted. Even the disciples who are literally standing face to face in front of Jesus right there, physically in front, doubted. Even the guys who we're going to see as heroes to our faith, those that wrote a lot of the Bible, a lot of the New Testament, these guys had doubts about, did Jesus really do that? Is Jesus really alive? Is Jesus really going to save me? They still had these things. And you know why this might be the most encouraging to me, that the fact that these disciples are standing in front of Jesus and they're doubting him, they're worshiping him, but they're still kind of doubting. Why it's encouraging to me is the fact that these doubts did not stop Jesus from telling them to go on mission. He realized right in front of them, these disciples, you you still aren't getting it. You still are questioning me. You still aren't sure about this, but that's not going to stop me from calling you to this mission. Jesus did not go, are you... How can you seriously still be doubting me? I just rose from the dead. I'm standing right in front of you. Well, here's the thing. If you're still doubting me, how can I trust you to carry out the gospel? So you know what? Bye-bye, disciples. I'm going to go find someone else. Right? It would have actually made a little bit of sense for Jesus to say that to these guys. You guys don't fully believe this. How can I trust you to go and share this with people? I'll just go find someone else. But Jesus didn't do that. And the thing is, we ourselves are so quick to disqualify ourselves from this mission that Jesus gives us because of our own questions and our own doubts. We quickly throw in the towel. We quickly say, well, I can't do this because of our own doubts. We say, well, you see, I'm just working through these really tough things in my life right now, and I'm not sure I can overcome those. So I don't know if I can go tell people about this because I'm not really even doing it. Maybe that's been you. Or, well, I, I just, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to believe anything I say. I'm going to look stupid. I, they're just not, it's not worth it, so I'm not going to do it. My doubt disqualifies me there. Or, or we may say, well, I, I don't even have all the answers to the questions, and I know they're going to ask this question, and I don't know the answer to that, so I'm not going to even start. Or, I, you know, I don't even know, like, sometimes I just question if God is even there. So how can I believe that God is really with me in this conversation or if I'm just forcing this? Right? We, we are so quick to disqualify ourselves from this mission to go and make disciples because we have questions, because we have doubts. And here's my encouragement for you guys today. And I, I don't know who needs to hear this in this room, but your doubts do not disqualify you from, number one, God's love just because you aren't sure about some things, just because you have some questions about things, just because you doubt some things from time to time does not mean that Jesus does not love you wholeheartedly. And number two, it does not disqualify you from this mission to go and make disciples. The second piece to that is it also, these doubts, these questions, they also aren't an excuse. We can't say, well, I'm not super sure about this part about my faith. Well, I'm struggling with this part of my life. It's also 
not an excuse because Jesus, even in the midst of these disciples' doubts, still tells them to go. And Jesus tells them, go and tell people what you've seen, even if you don't fully understand it. I can imagine a lot of the disciples' witness sounded a lot like this. Hey, um, listen, I have to tell you about this guy that I saw raised from the dead. I have no idea how he did it. I don't even know if I fully understand it, but it's what I saw, and I have to tell you about it. Right? My experience here is my witness. That for you guys, you know what Jesus has done in your life. Do you fully understand it? Maybe not. Do you have some questions about it? Probably. But you know what Jesus has done in your life. And I know it might sound, you, you might be up and, and saying, this is what Jesus did in my life. And I know it might sound crazy, but it, it just happened. Jesus completely changed my heart. Jesus completely changed me from this sin. Jesus gave me these friends. I don't understand how it happened because I wasn't deserving of it, but it did. And I know what I saw and I know what I felt. My experience here might be my witness. So in the midst of this, in the midst of sometimes where we have questions, where we have doubts about, should I go and tell this friend about Jesus? Should I go and share my story? Should I invite them to church? Even in the midst of this, God, Jesus tells us to go. And so in the midst of this, we're given this mission because if Jesus has done something in your life, it does not just stop there. If Jesus has changed you, if he has transformed you, if he has given you hope and a purpose, it does not just stop there. Jesus has work for you to do. None of you get out of this. All right, this is not a complacency that I come here to church on a Sunday or on a Wednesday night and I get my Jesus time and this is for me and me only and then I go back and do whatever I want, right? That's not what this is. Jesus calls us, right, this is why we're calling it all in because all in on the mission of God means going and being obedient to this mission, to going and make disciples. And that's the job, to go and make disciples. You high school students are called by Jesus to go and make disciples. All right, so let's talk about what that looks like for a second, okay? Jesus talks about going, that you are to go. And actually, the Greek word for this really translate to, translates to as you are going, as you are going. So instead of thinking go, think of as you are going, as you're going through life. So this is applicable to our where? As you guys are at school, make disciples. As you guys are at home with your family, make disciples. As you guys are at work, make disciples. Do you see how this does not change wherever you go? As you are going, as you go through your life, your everyday routines, make disciples. Disciples, and, and we often think of this command to make disciples as this daunting in your face kind of thing. We hear, okay, make disciples. All right, so I, I'm going to go up and go, all right, hey, buddy, I'm, I'm going to convince you and I'm going to convert you to believe what I believe. Because I think that's sometimes what we think disciple making is that I'm going to convert you, I'm going to get you to stop believing what you believe and believe what I believe. Right? This in your face, I think that this is what it means to make disciples. But if you look at scripture, if you look at the gospels and the disciples with Jesus, a disciple is simply this. It's someone that follows Jesus. It's just someone that follows someone. 
A disciple of Jesus is someone that follows him. So what does it look like for us to make disciples? It doesn't look like the in your face, hey, you're going to believe this. And here's why I'm going to convert you, right? I'm going to have this hidden agenda and why we're friends. I'm just being nice to you because really I need to make a disciple here, right? We're not getting at that. What it looks like is this. It looks like something like, hey, I met this guy and I think you should maybe follow him because I follow him and it's awesome, right? It's just inviting people to get close to Jesus. And I, I want to tell you something about who Jesus is and, and the disciples and the disciple-making process. The disciple-making process was never confrontational with Jesus. Jesus never said to someone, you're going to do this right now. What he did do was make it invitational. It wasn't confrontational. It was invitational, right? Jesus always invited people into the following. Did they still have a choice? Yes. But it was, hey, I'm going to invite you to to walk away from that and to follow me. I'm going to invite you to get rid of that sin and to pursue holiness and pursue righteousness and to obey God. The disciple-making process is not confrontational. It is invitational. And you know what an invitation means? When you send an invitation, what that means is people might say no. People might decline the invitation. And you know what? That's okay. I don't know who needs to hear that this morning, that it's okay for someone to say no to an invitation. I remember when I was in college, I took a class on evangelism, and, and our professor told us that people in general, we just hate being told no. We hate being told no. It's the worst, right? We hate being told no. So my college professor, he made all of us in our evangelism class, he gave us a task for the day. He said, what I want you to do for the rest of the day is I want you to go up to people and I want you to be told no 20 times. He's like, I don't know how you're going to do it, but figure it out. Go get told no 20 times. And it was pretty actually stinking hilarious, okay? Because I would go up to someone like at, at dinner and be like, hey, uh, can I just take your food? <laughs> right? And they'd be like, no. I'm like, all right, thanks. And just walk away, right? Or like you'd go up to someone that was already dating someone and be like, hey, will you go out with me? <laughs> right? I'm like, what? No, right? <laughs> or I, I would go up to someone and, and be like, hey, um, I've got this paper to write, like five pages. Would you just write this paper for me? I won't pay you anything, right? Like, no, right? And it was funny and it was goofy, but at the same time, we were getting used to being told no. And you know what? It's not as devastating a response as how I picture it for someone to say, you know what? No, thanks. And, and the thing is, if I were to tell you Let's say you went up to 20 people and you made an invitation to church. You made an invitation to follow Jesus and you got told no 19 times. But one person said yes, would it be worth it to you? Some of you may still be saying, oh, heck no. (laughs) No, that one no, devastating. And I get that. No can be a really hard thing to hear sometimes. But I would hope that it would be worth the 19 no's for that one person to say yes. And the thing is, there are people out there who are open to Jesus. And I think sometimes we think that there aren't any. But I want you guys to know there are friends in your schools 
There are people in your community. There are people that are just waiting for someone to notice them, to reach out and just ask. They're waiting. And, and, and here's the thing. Don't let the people that are opposing loudly discourage you. Because I think sometimes we hear the loud people saying, no way, Christianity is the worst. I don't believe it. And we let that dictate everyone else. But the truth is, there are people that are open to the gospel. Why do I believe that? Because God is moving in this world. He's in this. And if he's in this, then I believe that there are people waiting and just ready to know about Jesus. Here's the thing it really just comes down to. It's just about getting people close to Jesus. It's not convincing them about all the aspects of theology and why what we believe is true. It's just about, hey, you should come meet this guy, Jesus. I promise you, you won't be disappointed, right? And, and, And the thing is, we as a high school ministry, we want to make it as easy as possible for you to just have this invitation just to come and have people get close to Jesus. It's why we do things like a Sunday service where we think this is a great option for you to say, hey, just come to a service and just experience this. There's a bunch of high school students from around town. We gather together, we worship, and I just want you to hear about this guy, Jesus. I hope this is a place where you can invite your friends. It's why we do activity nights, honestly. Activity nights are not just for you church kids just to come and play sports all the time. Believe it or not. All right? And maybe you need to hear this. The mission of our activity nights is for you guys to invite your friends, those that don't know Jesus, to come and to play sports and just to get close to those that do follow Jesus. Right? I I even say this. This isn't what we do as a high school ministry, but my encouragement for you guys is one of the best things you guys can do to get someone close to Jesus to be invitational is invite them over to your house. A lot of you have really awesome Christian families that they have gifts of hospitality and loving other people. Invite them to your house for dinner, to hang out, to be around your family, to be around other Jesus followers. What a simple way to just be invitational. That's the thing. It's just about getting people close to Jesus. And here's the thing. Why do we do this? What is the motivation? Why should we fulfill this great commission? Why should you in here in this room today walk out of here today and say, I want to get people close to Jesus? Well, there's two things that Jesus shares. Number one is in verse 18. Jesus says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority is mine. And number two is how Jesus wraps this up. He says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What I see from those two statements, that Jesus has all authority, and number two, that Jesus is with you in this, is this. It's not up to you. It is not up to you. It is up to Jesus. Whether or not that friend, that family member, that neighbor is going to come to know him. It's not up to you. Someone needs to hear that today. It's not about the right things you say. It's not about convincing them. It's simply about getting them close to the one who it's up to. Guys, you don't got this. You don't got this. Jesus does. That's why I can say you got this. All right, because if it's just, just you, you're going to crash and burn. But if Jesus is with you in this, which he promises, then you have nothing to be afraid of. So here's the thing. If Jesus has a power, has the power to do a miracle, and he is with you, all you guys have to do is just be available. 
and just invite. Hey, come see who this Jesus guy is. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Hopefully you guys still have your dangerous witness three cards, your love McLean County cards. And we talked about this last week about our three places. And and this week we want to focus on our three names. Who are the three names that you are praying for, that you want to come to know Jesus, come to know the truth, to come experience the grace and the forgiveness and the hope that's found in Jesus. And what we want you guys to do is we want you to pray for these names. We want you to pray hard for these names. And at the bottom here, there's also three invitations. And I want you to think about that too. Who are the three people you might want to invite on a Sunday morning, to activity night, to your home. Who are those three names? Who are your three people? And what we want to do right now in this service is we want to take some time to intentionally pray for those names on your cards. If you guys don't have names, all right, if you haven't filled out a card yet, that's okay. Think about three names right now. I know it probably isn't that hard. Think about three names that you want to be a witness to, that you want to come to know the love of Jesus, that you just want them to get a little closer to Jesus. If you have your cards, pull them out and look at your three names right now. If you haven't gotten a card yet, guys, we're going to have some in the back after service. You go grab those and you can fill them out later, okay? But we're going to lead you through some prayer prompts as we play this song called God of Revival, all right? And what I'm going to ask you guys to do is is these prompts, we're going to have five of them. They're going to change every minute or so. When one comes up here, I just want you to pray to yourself and pray specifically for those three people on your cards, those three people in your hearts. All right, and we're going to move through each prompt, and when the next one comes on, you'll pray that prompt for your three people as well until the end. So there's going to be five of them. We're going to play the song, God of Revival. You also can just listen to the lyrics and think about your people as the song plays as well. And once the song's over, the band will lead us in one more song, and we'll be dismissed, okay? So right now... Think about your three names, bring them to your mind, and let's pray for them. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the message, we'd love it if you would join us on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. for our Eastview Students High School service. We also want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast and share it to your social media accounts. To stay up to date, check us out on Instagram at EastviewHSM and check out our Eastview Students YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.